There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Talkin' Titans. I'm Tennessean sports columnist Gentry Estes, alongside Tennessean Titans beat writer Ben Arthur. Uh, We're going to be reviewing um, a game that didn't go so well. (laughs) <laughs> for the Titans, to say not, the least, century. <laughs> yeah, not a not a good weekend in New York. Uh, an overtime loss to the Jets. The Titans are, are two and two, heading into this week's game in Jacksonville. Um, and much like and Ben, much like the the earlier loss this season for the Titans, you come away from this one with with quite a few concerns uh, and things to worry about about this team that can't stay healthy, uh, can't stop big plays defensively can't convert in the red zone office. Anyway, we're going to get into all that. There's a lot of concerns, and we're going to weigh in on each one. How serious do we think these things are? Do we think they're going to linger the rest of the season? But uh, meanwhile, I'm just glad at this point to welcome Ben back to the show. You may have noticed we took a week off on the the Talking Titans podcast. Uh, Ben, how are you feeling? You getting back to full strength here? Yeah, thanks Thanks for asking, Gentry. Um, For for those of you who aren't aware, I had – had COVID. And so that forced me to uh, miss the Jets trip. I wasn't able to do the podcast last week because I I just didn't sound great. I'm excited to be able to to get back on the field, uh, get back to uh, doing on-field reporting. At the end of this week, I, I can officially end my quarantine on Saturday, although I'm, I already feel pretty good. And so, so I will be in, in Jacksonville and kind of ready to kind of get back on the, uh, get on back on the beat. But, but yeah, it was, man, it's, it's kind of frustrating, but, but also, you know, kind of concerning too, because I, you know, that had the vaccine and, um, you know, was experiencing some symptoms, mild symptoms, but, uh, regardless, I did experience a, a few, um, of like kind of like a cough and uh, headache, uh, things like that. But but I am feeling good now. I appreciate you asking, Gentry, and and excited to kind of get back uh, to uh, to to on field football stuff. So um, it, excited and pumped to be ending this quarantine at the end of this week. It has been very frustrating to to say the least, not being able to do a lot and, and it's kind of mentally and physically it's kind of tough, but the most important thing is I am healthy and I am well. So excited to kind of get back into the groove of things, but, but yeah, yeah as- no, no, no question. Glad to, uh, glad to hear that. And, and we were, uh, our Tennessee and staff was shorthanded, uh, in New York this last weekend. And the Titans were also quite shorthanded in New York this last weekend. And, um, you know, Ben, I, I guess we're, We'd probably we don't want to depress everybody by coming into this every week and saying, "Gosh, there are all these concerns," but I mean, there are. You you lost the the Titans lost a very winnable game to a pretty bad team in the Jets. So yeah, I, I got I got a couple of responses uh, from this weekend. My columns, you know, you're so negative, kicking them when they're down. Well, it's like, well, you know, you lose to the Jets. You know, come on. Yeah, and it's it's. It's not only I don't think it's only the injuries, too. And I think there, there are kind of schematic issues as well. And I think that's kind of a perfect segue into discussing the, the multitude of issues that the Titans are 
basing right now. So right now I, so, so what we're going to do folks, what we're going to sort of go through um, a handful of, of the issues that the Titans are facing right now and kind of discuss our uh, concern or what the concern level should be with each of them. And, and as I said, injuries weren't kind of the, the only thing I do feel like it, a lot of the issues have been schematic. And so I, I think that's the perfect segue to start with the offensive play calling. Uh, Todd Downing, uh, obviously new offensive coordinator filling in for uh, Arthur Smith, who who's now the coach of the Falcons gentry. We, we we've, talked about uh, the whole downing, the, the potential downing impact or earlier this season. This was kind of like one of our big things to watch with this offense. We know what happened when he became the offensive coordinator with the Raiders um, several years ago. The, the, he had inherited a, a really talented Raiders offense. The, the next year, they finished in, in the bottom third of the league and basically mo most of the, the kind of the efficiency metrics and kind of the, the same thing. And obviously it's still early, but what we've seen is uh, an offense that's supposed to have all this talent and, and they've started to, uh, to, to regress. And I know that the injuries have been a concern, but when you look at the kind of their red zone numbers, like they, they were first, they they were top two in the league in red zone in 2019 and 2020. And right now, Gentry, they're 27th in red zone efficiency. And they still have Derek amid all the injuries that they've still had. Uh, they've still had Derek Henry. They still have Ryan Tannehill. They still have most of those old linemen. Um, red zone has been a huge issue. And even, and I will say in Seattle, that they when they did have Julio and AJ, they went 0 for three uh, to start in the red zone at Seattle. So it's not like these are only issues that are coming up when guys are hurt. It it, it seems like it, the play calling has been somewhat uh, has lacked somewhat of you know a creative element. I think there should be uh, tons of concerns here for me, Gentry. The play calling on offense is maybe the, the biggest concern because in football, you're going to have the injuries, right? But if, if this right scheme isn't in place, I think, uh, you know, you know, you, you'll have issues from there. So that's, that's kind of what, what I'm feeling about the, the play calling. How about you? Well, you know, I, I think obviously the red zone stuff is a concern. There's no doubt about it. And I think you do look at the play. Call. I, I, I think this is manifested itself in several different ways a few things about this uh, i think some of the protection issues uh could be schematic in terms of guys just coming free and they're they don't see them coming uh that's concerning and it was especially concerning on third down against the jets what the jets did they just played a bunch of man coverage and came after Tannehill. now do i think they would have been so confident in doing that had aj brown and julio jones been on the field i'm not so sure but i think you've seen in the red zone they're not as good at tight end this year. Uh, Anthony Ferkser's been hurt. Ferkser's been big in the red zone for them in the past. Uh, he really hasn't been healthy. I think that's a big deal. Uh, they haven't been able to rely on the tight ends. Johnny Smith was was really productive in the red zone. I think that's a, a very big part of this. Uh, in, 
Yeah. And when you look at what happened against the Jets, there were a lot of throws, you know, those first three possessions that ended in field goals, there were a lot of throws into the end zone. Guys just weren't open. And I I know, you know, we're not going to, I agree, injuries happen to every team. But when you are looking at some of these third downs and you're seeing who's on the field for the Titans, it's it's, it's not exactly a... Um, a who's who list of, of NFL talent at wide receiver. It's just not these, these guys are, are all kind of role players and three, four five guys in a rotation. They're not Nick Westbrook. Akine is not a number one receiver in the NFL. And I think, I think it manifests itself in the red zone. If guys not getting open, uh, spaces, space is limited. And I'll agree that the, uh, the play calling, you know, it could have been better, but honestly, I think after the first week, I was I was very critical of Todd Downing after the first week against the Cardinals. Uh, since then, I think it's gotten better. Uh, but they need to get their best guys on the field. They don't have them right now. Yeah, and, and but but I would say too, uh, Gentry. I mean, isn't it? We we have seen the the Titans being forced to roll out a, a lot of these reserves. But but it, I think it also is you know it, it's on Todd Downing to kind of figure it out as well. I mean, we know injuries are, are going to happen in the NFL and maybe the, I mean, and obviously the, the Titans are dealing with more than the average, but I think it's, it's on the play caller to kind of put the guys he does have available in positions to be successful. And this entire offseason, weren't we talking about how deep the Titans were supposed to be at receiver, right? Like people were saying, oh, they, they have so much depth there beyond um you know Julio and 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 AJ and so I think it's time for that depth to uh to show itself right I think maybe what we'll see Marcus Johnson who was really the one of the stars of training camp in the preseason he could come back could be activated this week so I think that's something to watch uh Nick uh Westbrook Akina um he's uh, he's he popped up on the injury report, so so you don't know about him. But Chester Rogers is another guy who you need to step up as well. I mean, I think it's time for that depth that we talked about in the off season um, at receiver in, in particular to 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 start showing up a bit. At, at no point five weeks into the season is does the line Chester Rogers needs to step up a good thing for the Titans. I'm, 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 I'm sorry, Chester. I, I love Chester Rogers is a, is a good, is a, is a, is an overachiever in the NFL. He is, he he's earned what he's gotten. He's a good return man, but he was not supposed to be the guy in the red zone. Uh, you have AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Anthony Ferkser. Those three all were supposed to step up and be the guy in the red zone. They haven't been healthy. Um, so I feel like we can, not blame injuries because when you talk to the Titans, they're not going to blame injuries because it sounds like an excuse. Not no, number one, it sounds like an excuse, and number two, the guys like Ryan Tannehill, Mike Vrabel, Derrick Henry, they're not going to sit there and say this receiver isn't as good as these other receivers, even though we all know that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, when you went up to New York, they they showed the inactive list for before the game for the Titans up on the big screen, and it. There was more talent on that list than there might have been on the field in a blue jersey. I'm sorry. There just was. You can't lose AJ and Julio. Burks are still coming back from injury. You, you know, look, these guys are trying. 
But at some point, the NFL comes down to players making plays in one-on-one situations, and the Titans do not have enough guys in their passing game right now that can do that. Healthy. I'll, I'll, okay, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah, that's that's a fair that, point. That's, that yeah. said, could, could Todd Downing be better? Yeah, yes. yeah, of course, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, and, and ultimately a, a lot of things need to improve, and that's kind of a, a segue into kind of my next uh, concern point, uh, the pass protection. Tannehill has been sacked 17 times so far this season. Through four games, he was sacked 24 times all of last year through 16 yep. games. He's on pace to being sacked more than 2019 and 2020 combined, if that's if you can believe that. Um, and, and yeah, the, 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 they're dealing with, with injuries up front, guys kind of in and out of the lineup. Lawan is, you know, he's come back from the torn ACL, but he's kind of been in and out. He's had setbacks. Roger Saffold had, uh, you know, a concussion protocol situation over the weekend. Ben Jones was kind of in and out this past weekend, needing backups to step up. And then Kessenberry, David Kessenberry, who's been the right tackle for, for the Titans so far, um, this season is his has struggled a little bit. I think, especially in in that Jets game. Um, what's your concern level, Gentry, with with where the the pass protection is at? Yeah, I'm pretty. Th- this is pretty high on the the concern meter for me. I, I think, uh, you know, I think coming into this season, you know, everyone looked at that Titans offense and they're like, oh, you know, you got Tannehill and Henry and Brown and Julio Jones. You know, what could a defensive coordinator do to stop it? Well, here's what the defense coordinator is doing to stop it. They're coming after Tannehill. And they're having success doing it because they're not being able to protect him up front for a number of factors. I think you mentioned the injuries. I think schematically they've had some issues with it. And some of it is just guys just getting whipped. And right now the Titans are having all those issues. Way too many sacks. Way too many sacks for any NFL team. But especially one whose backups experience is pretty much limited to the Alliance of American Football or whatever league what it was that Logan Woodside played in. And I'm not I'm not I'm not saying Logan Woodside couldn't step up and be the guy. But I seem to remember Matt Barkley almost beating him out in the preseason, which is probably not a positive sign. So yes, you want to keep Ryan Tannehill healthy. It's a very big concern at this point. They have not been able to I, I think you can kind of write off the six sacks and with the Cardinals as Chandler Jones just kind of had a day and you're like okay Juan was also really really bad in that game too um but but yeah to your point Jones is great Chandler Jones is great but to have it happen again uh against the Jets and have seven sacks in that game I mean the Jets there was a lot on third down you know and and I, I just yeah, I did it. It is a big concern. Again, I think some of it had to do with a team that could send more people because they knew they could leave their corners alone with the receivers on the edge and not be punished for it. And you don't know if AJ Brown, who they knew AJ Brown and Julio Jones weren't going to play in that game, but you know they had a good scheme. You know, I asked Ben. I asked Ryan Tannehill today um, if defenses are playing the Titans differently this year when it comes to to the pressure they're generating versus what they weren't able to do a year ago against largely, you know, mostly the same people. And, uh, you know, he said the Jets didn't really do something they weren't expecting. And it's like, well, gee, that's concerning. 
because if you expected what they were going to do, then how did they end up giving seven sacks? You know, and I think I think some of that is just your natural inclination to answer a media's question by, you know, not wanting to say they they surprised us. But if they didn't surprise you and you gave up seven sacks, that's a big problem, isn't it? Yeah. And and look, look, as bad as the Jets are, that their defense has been quite good to to start the season actually like they came into that game Sunday number one in in red zone defense they were a top four team on third down uh you know they've been a team that that can kind of get after quarterbacks but I I I do think this is a, a this is a schematic issue because we can talk about the injuries but the the Titans run game has still been really good Right. Very I mean, true. Very true. And, and you would and you would think that would set up the play action and make that more exactly. Successful. Exactly. And so if if they're having all this success in the run game, d- despite all the injuries, then 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 to me, I mean, it, it has to be the scheme, you know, whether it means, you know, more three step drops or quick hitters or the screen like the screen, the screen game was there a lot in New York. And, and maybe it means doing, doing more of that, or, you know, I, I think it all kind of, kind of goes back to the scheme. And that doesn't mean the guys up front don't need to, don't need to play better. They absolutely do. It, it's been awful to start the season, but, but when you look at the, the success they're having in, in run blocking for Derrick Henry um, and all the success they've been able to, um, to to generate up front for him, I, I think it, you you do have to look at kind of uh, you know formations and and kind of what they're doing from a scheme uh, standpoint to um, to to neutralize pass rushes. So I I I do think you have to look at that. Uh, and I do think all the screen passes were where they were a, a result of the Jets selling out to bring the pressure the the way they were. I think that's one of the reasons you you they they kept relying on the screen passes, but they also had no hope of a downfield passing game. I think that was also a function of that too. I I think you you didn't have receivers getting open down the field, but you also didn't have time to find him anyway. Yeah. So the good job by the Jets. They they <laughs> from from a scheme standpoint, they they won the game that way defensively. Absolutely. They did they did absolutely. So to kind of move on to the next thing, and Gentry, we've kind of already been talking it, talking about it with, with, the, with the play calling, the pass protection, but injuries, you know, and, and this is not just on offense. This is both sides of the ball. Um, you know, the Taylor, Taylor Lewan's issues, Roger Saffold's issues, Ben Jones being in and out, A.J. Brown being out, Julio Jones being out, Bud Dupree not being an, a factor at this point, and he's been inactive uh, a little bit. Caleb Farley, your first round corner has missed three straight games. How big of an issue Gentry do you think injuries are um, at, at this point in the season? I, I would rank this. If we're sitting here saying what's the biggest problem, I, that this to me is the biggest problem. And and again, I, I, I think, yeah, I mean, any football team is going to be dealing with injuries. But what the Titans are faced with right now to be only five weeks into the season is extreme. Um, if you go 
You can go find the injury report that came out. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. You can go find the injury report that came out today. And uh, our colleague Terry McCormick said it looked like a phone book with the Titans. have, And it did. The Titans had, I don't know how many names, compared to the Jaguars who had like three or four. So it was like, it was ridiculous how long the injury report was for a Wednesday. And um, it's a concern to me because, yeah, a team's going to get beat up over the course of a season, but we're only four weeks in. Yeah. And the Titans are already sitting here dealing with this. They, they've they also had – the guys that are having it happen are key players too. I mean, we talked about A.J. and Julio, but you also got Bud Dupree on the defensive side of the ball. The offensive line can't stay healthy. It seems like all those guys have been dealing with something. Um, you know, you, there is hardly an area of the team that they can't even get a kicker to the first game. Now the best punter – one of the best punters in the league isn't even out there. It's every aspect of the team is being affected substantially by this and and uh if it's happening in week four it's not it's not going to get much better i mean you're gonna you're already really testing the depth of this team and that's the kind of thing that really isn't supposed to happen until you get a lot later into this than they are right now so i think it's just it's just it's early and and they can get guys healthy and, and things can improve but um I mean, it's just a lot of talent and a lot of talent for a team. And, and, and I, j- just to mention this, because I think it deserves to be mentioned. This is a lot of absences for a team that spent their first round pick on a guy who wasn't healthy and was going to be a project and Caleb Farley, uh, for a guy whose big free agent signing was a guy in Bud Dupree who wasn't healthy. And you didn't know for sure if he'd be available in, in, in week one. And, you know, and then you also bring in bring in Julio Jones, who doesn't really practice in August. Then he pulls a hamstring, which is what happens when you don't practice. Uh, AJ Brown didn't practice in August. Then he pulls a hamstring. That's what happens. You know, th- these are all things that I don't think Ben that it's just bad luck. Yeah, and that's that's really the the most concerning aspect of it to me. Yeah, I would. Agree with that, and and look, yeah, the the, the rash of I- injuries they've had is kind of far exceeded normal. But John Robinson did take this gamble when the season started, right? I mean, you took on Julio Jones, uh, like like to create what the team had hoped would would be like this Super Bowl championship contender. You, you were coming into this season w- taking a gamble on a lot of these injured guys and and a lot of those gambles haven't paid off so far you mentioned it with Dupree he's your big money signing like 82.5 million he has not been an impact he's not been an uh, an impact player heading into the 5th game of the season Caleb Farley hasn't played he's only played in the opener and and he's basically a third string cornerback at this point when he has played um you know Julio Jones had hamstring issues last season that's why he only played 9 games uh you you trade for him you know make you know with you know hoping he's kind of like that missing piece for you and 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 then he misses uh, um now he's dealing with a hamstring issue um so while the the Titans are kind of dealing with just an enormous amount of injuries and, and a, a bunch of it you you can't really have foreseen. They did take on John Robinson did sort of take on that risk 
um, when creating this 2021 roster that you were kind of banking on these injured guys to pan out for you? And so far that hasn't happened. Um, but uh, to, to kind of move on, um, this is kind of our, our last point. The last point I have listed, Gentry, um, is the secondary. I think that the Jets game is uh, the latest example of kind of the, the Tennessee having those back-breaking breakdowns um, in the back end. Uh, you know, in the Jets game, the, the, uh, the Titans held uh, New York to 10 points through through three quarters, and then all of a sudden, uh, Zach Wilson, what, c- completes, I, I want to say, like a 50-something yarder to, to set up a field goal. Then there's a defensive pass interference by Dane Cruikshank that sets up a touchdown. And then there's another 50-yard touchdown from Corey Davis. And then if you go back even to the Seattle game where they gave up three plays uh, of at least 50 yards, including two 60-yard touchdowns, the secondary has been a really, really big issue for this defense. Gentry, how big of an issue do you think it is um, so far? Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> maybe it's because things were so bad defensively last season. I don't view this one as much of an issue because I actually think defensively they've been better so far this year. I've actually, I think the Titans' defense has actually been okay, but they've they have been giving up too many big plays, and it's happened in in it's happened in three of the four games in, you know, uh, of the four games, there was one game that involved a quarterback that was barely mobile and couldn't extend a play and could barely stand up. So yeah, that week, that week, it didn't happen so much, but the other weeks they've, they've dealt with quarterbacks who extended plays and did a good job of that. Um, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, now Zach Wilson was able to do the same thing. And, um, you know, some of these throws in the game, you're like against the jets were, you know, you're. Are you kidding me? I mean, the Titans did have somebody standing there. Vrabel made the, the the line today that it felt like a hell mary in some cases, and I will say the touchdown to Corey Davis did kind of feel that way. And and I, I so maybe a low percentage kind of deal, but you know what? They still hit them, and it's happened so much. It's happened so often now that you can't call it a fluke. You can you can say it's something that the Titans are going to have to correct. So yeah, I mean, it's clearly a concern. Uh, and it's a frust. It's very got to be very frustrating for the guys on that defense because they played pretty well in this game. They, we were at one point pretty deep into this game, maybe late third quarter. The Jets were sitting there with like eighty yards or something like that. I mean, the, the Titans had def- had played pretty well defensively, and then all of a sudden it kind of it kind of got away from them. So I think you could see you could see the maybe the light at the end of the tunnel a lot better this year than you could last year but still in the tunnel. Yeah, absolutely. And and with that situation late in the third, like if the Titans had just, and then I think it kind of goes back to the offensive issues, right? The defense gave the offense a chance, right? But but then like early in the game, when you have three straight, when you go 0-3 in, in the red zone to start, you know, all of a sudden those defensive issues at the end look a lot worse. I mean, they were really, they, they were bad, of course, but it, 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 you look at the offense, if they had just kind of converted on, on those touchdown opportunities that it, we'd maybe be looking at this game um, a, a lot differently. But yeah, I, I would overall kind of, you know, agree with you. This defense has made strides. Um, and, 
you know, Christian Fulton, for the most part, has has looked really good. Um, Jack, Jack Rabbit Jenkins, I, I think he he's maybe been a, a little inconsistent, and and you don't really have a. It doesn't appear the Titans really have a slot guy that they trust right now. Elijah Molden is just not a factor. You know, the, the rookie third rounder. Um, you know, I know Chris Jackson has kind of been in and out the lineup a little bit, but. I think one thing the Titans do need that uh, they they really need a Monty Hooker back, right? And and I don't know how serious his his injury is, and he's been on injured reserve. He he's um, you know, the hope is that he comes back soon. But but he the the way he looked, um, you know, even dating back to last year and and into training camp preseason with KB uh, Kevin Byard in the back end, I think. Ha- not having him is, has really hurt um, a, a lot. And, and, and the Titans' safety depth is, has really been tested. You know, we saw in, in that Seattle game, you know, you had to roll out with, with uh, Bradley McDougald um, and, uh, you know, a guy who had kind of joined the team late on, on the practice squad, got uh, signed to the active roster when Amani went to IR, and that didn't work out so well. And, and, and the Titans really just don't have – a lot of options at safety right now. So I think having a Monty hooker um, back there can, can help, but, but for overall, and and as you alluded to, I think this defense has made um, progress. I think what we've seen, you know, Harold Landry has just been balling out by the way, like the the amount of pressure he's able to get game in and game out, even if all of those pressures aren't necessarily turning into sacks. He's been really promising. Uh, we, we've seen um, other guys kind of show up in, in that defensive front too. So I, I think overall the product has been better, but then just when, when you kind of give up a 50-yarder here, a 60-yarder here in the back end, it kind of it kind of dilutes maybe a, a little bit you know, what they've done, even if you, they're uh, having progress from last year. Yeah, you touched on one thing that we're, we're talking about concerns. Here's one that I want to mention is the fact that uh, – you mentioned a lot, you know, Farley, Molden, those guys haven't done anything yet. Um, in this Jets game, the only member of the Titans draft class who had any snaps offensively or defensively was Racy McMath as a six-round receiver. He was the only rookie dra- from the, who was drafted, drafted rookie, who played any offensive or defensive. That is... Oh, my God. That, that is a big problem and the sad thing is Ben it's the exact same problem they had last year yep. their, their class didn't do anything to help them and I'll I'll give them Christian Fulton he has stepped up and 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 been been an awfully good player this year so you can't say that last last year's class was a complete bust because he's played well but you know who are you ta- Farley's inactive Dylan Radins is inactive Monty Rice is only playing special teams. Elijah Molden was only playing special teams in this game. You know, Rashad Weaver's banged up, and, and you're you're just you're looking at another season in which you have no rookies helping build depth, and it is awfully hard to win football games that way, especially when you do it two years in a row. And at some point, it really didn't hurt the Titans that much last year. And I made the point repeatedly last year: Hey, they're kind of lucky this isn't hurting them. I just don't know if they're going to get away with that for a second year in a row that they can't have another draft class bust and they appear to be headed that direction. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and just with, with Farley specifically, I mean, he, he was always going to be a long-term 
project, right? Like the, the hope being that maybe he'd have an impact for you um, later in the in his rookie season and into year two. But with all the other guys, I mean, you know, Elijah Molden had been looked at as like a steal in the draft and, and you know, the Dylan Radins coming in as, you know, what, what the Titans surely hoped would be their starting right tackle, you know, maybe right away. And, and yeah, it, it has not been good. And, and one, the, key yeah, I mean, the, the whole offensive line's banged up. Wouldn't you want your yeah. second round pick to be active? Yeah, the fact that he's not even active, like even about him, like just not being out there, like they can't even get him active when you have all these injuries. So that's a major red flag for a second round pick. Yeah, no doubt. So to me, you know, we're talking about concerns. I think that's that's one as well. But I guess we should end on, I guess, more of a positive note. They are two and two. You know, there are some there are some teams. You look around the NFL right now. There's some pretty good teams that are two and two. I, I think, um, you know, a positive note would be probably our predictions for this weekend in Jacksonville. Ben, we haven't even talked about Urban Meyer yet. I guess we, we could have really spent the whole show on that. Um so, you know, look, if you're listening to this, you probably know exactly what's been going on with Urban Meyer and the fact that the Jaguars, quite a bit of controversy evolving their coach. Uh, I think it's a huge distraction for them this week. Um, not a good situation for a team that was already 0-4. It kind of goes without saying. And Ben, I also think the Jaguars are going to be getting a, uh, a Titans team in a bad mood this weekend. And a yeah. team that and a team that knows how to beat up on the Jags because they've done it a lot the last few years. Exactly. I like I like the Titans big, and I don't. I'm not going to say this a lot this season, but whatever the point spread is, I think the Titans beat it significantly in this game. Yeah, this is this is the game for for the Titans to like kind of say the past is the past. Well, we have a an, a clearly inferior opponent with a coach dealing with a, a circus. Uh, we have to go in and just kick some butt and kick, you know, and and really, really just pile it on them. And so it, I think anything less than a blowout would be sort of a disappointment here. And and look, you, you look at this, this uh, their, their schedule past Jacksonville, it's when their schedule really, really gets tough, right? If you remember, we had talked about in the preseason how tough that middle of the schedule would be. After Jacksonville, they have Buffalo on Monday night football. They have the Chiefs the next Sunday, and then they have at the Colts and then at the Rams. I think if if you're the Titans, you need you need to start feeling good about yourselves, get a good win under your belt, um, get a convincing win, uh, a win that reminds you who you are um, in Jacksonville. So I think uh, with the circus that the Jaguars are dealing with, I think this is a perfect opportunity for the Titans to, to kind of get back on track and build some confidence. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, that'll, that'll do it for this edition of talking Titans. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessee If you haven't already remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google play, wherever it is, you get your podcast, drop us a review and a rating while you're at it for Ben Arthur. I'm Gentry Estes. Thanks for listening. Talking Titans hosts at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talking Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talking Titans is a production of the Tennessean.